In this season of Hatch Hat, we speak to industry leaders in cybersecurity. If you're fake, people know you fake. Describing the behavior of the most sophisticated actors in the space, it was considered to be not worth your time. Do it because you love it. Any computer problem was to wipe and reinstall your stuff. Like I got to dive into the mindset. How beneficial this tool is, how impactful. To get access to all this mindshare. That's the creative process, the process of trying. Welcome to Hack Chat. My name is Marco Figueroa, and today we have a really good friend of mine. I'm happy he gave his time. I know he's so busy. Marcus Carey, I mean, what can you say? I know... If you haven't heard of him, I'm telling you, go follow him at Marcus J. Carey. He's a person that has been in the cybersecurity game for a really long time, a hacker, an infosec thought leader. He was the founder of VThreat. He wrote an op-ed for The Hill. He's a mentor to many. His DMs are always open. And for me, most important... He is a really good guy. Welcome, Marcus Carey. Thank you, sir, for and taking your love. time out. <laughs> Give me a background on, on yourself. I'm giving you a, a, a the, the floor. Go ahead. All right, so um, I tell everybody, uh, you know, I grew up, uh, when I was growing up, I was the poorest kid I knew. I uh, went to the U.S. Navy, did cryptography in the Navy, uh, got a chance to work in the intelligence community. I've uh, been doing tech really since I was 18, really, because military, you know, you, you go in and, you know, they, they kind of throw you to the wolves, so you got to figure out tech fast. And so, uh, you know, coming from a super poor background, uh, it's, it was a blessing, and it got me out of that, that situation. And now I'm trying to really trying to help uh, as many people as I can. Uh, get on this tech uh, tech route and, and, and make it. Yeah, let me ask you something. Where were you born and raised? You said you were the poorest kid you knew. Can you expand on that for me? Yeah, I was, I was born in a poor town uh, called uh, Marlin, Texas. Uh, I was, mm-hmm. was actually born outside of city limits. I was born in my grandmother's house. Mm. And, um, you know, um, I was lived by a midwife. Uh, didn't go to the hospital until I was up and up some years. <laughs> so I pretty much was raised in the country, outhouse, hogs, and cotton picking fields across the uh, street. So super country. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm I'm from from there, and where I am now. So cool. A couple of us in the industry. You know, let, we're gonna go and dig deep from your childhood and growing up. But what happened, what clicked in your head to go into the Army or, or was it, where did you go? Navy, you said? The Navy, yeah. The Navy. What the Navy. made you, what yeah. made you, was it out of high school? Well, so um, I, was a, I was an athlete. Many people won't believe this, but I was a, I was a basketball player in high school. Uh, I, I was, believe it. I had skills. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was the man. I would have been up in the rocker if I was in New York. You was you was uh one one or two, in terms of point guard or shooting I play, guard. I, play, I played both. I, I I could shoot. I was like Steph Curry before Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. So <laughs> funny enough, I found some clippings of high school clippings of me 
in a box score so I can prove it. <laughs> I think you need to. I think you need to tweet that. Um, so, what made you decide to to go to Navy? What was what was the motivating motivating factor on that? Yeah, so I mean, the reason I played basketball so hard because I wanted a scholarship so I could go to college and learn. Mm. Uh, and as far as I can remember back, I tell people uh, I watched war games back in the day, mm-hmm. and war games and that computer and a computer talking and interacting and controlling stuff that blew my mind. And so I, I knew I always wanted to do computers. And so I took computer course, courses in high school and middle school and, like, elementary. Ooh. So, and, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to learn how to computers. But I, could, I didn't get a full ride. I, I, got a, uh, I got a partial scholarship where they said, oh, we'll pay for your academics. We'll, we'll pay for all your classes, but we, we don't, we're not, we're not going to pay for any room and board. Mm. Mm. So I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm from a very poor background. And and the only thing that, that I got recommended was Pell Grants. Mm. And so that actually is the importance of uh, having good guidance. And good, I, my, I guess my, my counselors weren't that good. I probably could have went to college for free, uh, but didn't have the, you know, the guidance that, to, to go that route. Yeah, uh, I, you know, my family didn't know anything about anything like that. Yeah, so, I mean, I have this. I have a very similar background. Everything you just said, I went through. And the thing was, I was lucky enough to have a full ride to JUCO, which if anyone out there doesn't know what JUCO is, it's junior college. So I went to Rockland Community College. They didn't have any room and board. You had to figure it out. But my tuition and books and everything was paid. And like you said, if you look at me and I don't look like an athlete, but I was. So I played baseball and I had a full ride to JUCO. And it was like, man, there's I wanted to go to D1. But this is what was offered. And I think for me, it was a quick path to what I was what I thought at the time was to the majors, major leagues, MLB, because a lot of people got drafted out of this uh, junior college. So I went there. I was there for two years, tried out for a bunch of of teams and then moved over to Temple University, which I had a partial scholarship. And I was just like, you know what? I know I could figure out how to make this work. And I went over there and it was, it was a disaster. So, you know, it was, it was a good, it was good at the time, but I knew I wasn't going to the MLB. So I was just like, all right, time to move on. And I found, um, you know, I found my passion through figuring out what do I love? And I took the skills of, of practicing and and knowing how to you know hit and take ground balls into the life that we live in now where i knew that hey reps is how you're going to get there you Bro, know and- you you're not lying i mean and even in basketball uh i mean i'm i'm 59 in my mm-hmm. best, on my best day uh, <laughs> i was a little bit athletic i wasn't super quick but to be 59 you got to be lightning quick i wasn't lightning quick i was pretty athletic but i could shoot the ball and the reason why I could shoot well is because I practice on it all the time. I practice fundamentals, you know, you know, arm up, follow through, all that stuff. And so I was, I was like, you know, you know, I, I think Shaq called Tim Duncan the big fundamental. I was a little fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could shoot. And, uh, nice. Because I practice, I shot every day. I, I shot thousands of reps every day. And this, um, you know, did did you take those shot. same habits into cyber? 
Yeah, 100%. Because, like, I, I tell people every day, people always concentrate on stuff that's kind of, like, people always concentrate on topics that are hard. Like, for instance, like, you know, you've probably seen basketball players, and, you know, you, you're from the Bronx, so you've seen plenty mm-hmm. of basketball players. Yeah. You probably could see somebody could dunk or – but they didn't have any fundamental game. Yeah. Or in baseball, if you throw it right right up the middle, fastball, somebody can take it out the park. Mm-hmm. But if you throw a slider or a curveball, that person ain't going to be able to hit it. Yeah. But it's all about fundamentals. And so that's what I'm saying. People, uh, definitely early in my career, uh, and today, people focus on exploitation and things of that nature. But there's so many fundamentals in cybersecurity and coding even that people uh, – if you learn the fundamentals, you'll be good forever. Yeah, uh, and that's that's my that's my word, and and that's how that's how it works in in anything you want to try in life. I agree. Be, be I good c- at the fundamentals, and you'll you'll make a living. I I completely agree on that statement. I mean, we met a long time ago. Right. And I remember you were so insightful with your thoughts, speaking to me, um, having in-depth conversations with me. Um, can you give the hack chat citizens your background on how you move from the Navy into the, the public world as, as I would say, when you transitioned out of the Navy, what was, what was your mindset? Oh, my mindset, um, leaving, uh, I, I quote Jay-Z all the time, uh, on this and, uh, when I was in the military, I knew I wanted to I wanted to get out after four years, but I met my wife and got married, had kids, mm-hmm. and so I needed some stability. So I got stationed at Fort Meade. When mm-hmm. I was at Fort Meade, uh, I went to overdrive with certifications in education in general. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing is I started uh, studying the Cisco certs and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I did a lot of club tests. I tell people about that a lot. Uh, but but uh, Jay-Z had this great line. He said, put me anywhere on God's green earth and I'll triple my worth. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've always made uh, a conscious effort to always uh, have ridiculous technical skills. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, if you know theory and I know theory, but I can code, I'm way more valuable than you are. Yes, sir. Uh, because I can actually, I can code, I, I can put my... I can put my theory uh, into action per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can actually code something. I'm all like, cool. Look at this indicator. Look at this thing. All right. I can actually write a script or code or software to 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 take action on that. Uh, where that you know most people um, they can't. And so that's what that's 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 been my superpower, uh, and I learned that early in my career. Yeah, and for anyone that wants to listen to that quote. Listen to The Blueprint. That was my favorite album of Jay-Z's. I mean, I I feel like, you know, every single album he releases has a message, but The Blueprint spoke most to me. And and that's a a quote from from The Blueprint. So I would just... It was was The Blueprint. (laughs) Come on now. You throw a quote out there, I'm going to know exactly everything about Jigga. Like like you said, that message of that album was was The Blueprint. Yeah. How he came up. Kitchen table, that's where I hone my skills. Yes, sir. That's that's where that's where you hone the skills coding. Yeah, I I <laughs> completely agree. 
Take me from, all right, so we went there, right? And take me from the time you were at Rapid 7, and when when did you decide to say, I'm going to leave Rapid 7 and create my own company? I think I wanted to be a vendor ever since I was watching the A-Team and watching B.A. Barakas and, and all that. Young guys. B.A. You know how they would, they, would, they would build little gadgets? Yeah. And I would watch MacGyver growing up, and mm-hmm. then he would invent stuff. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I used to make diagrams and stuff of inventions, and I was, I was always fascinated by the great inventors, uh, you know, uh, the Michelangelo's and people of that, that caliber, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, mm. George Washington Carver, all those people that have been inventing stuff. Yeah. So that was, a fascination for me was was stuff was building stuff, and at that time I didn't know you could build stuff with software or code. So it's like the and like now I'm been living in this world where I've always been, uh, I always wanted to be an inventor, uh, and you know lo and behold, you know, by moving towards the tech, learning how to code, I was able to invent software, uh, and at Rapid Seven. Back in the day, I was working with HD Moore, and and uh, I came on board to Rapid Seven right after HD Moore. The Metasploit project got acquired by uh, Rapid Seven, mm-hmm. and so uh, and I got to work. Uh, HD was my boss there, mm. and so uh, you know, working up close with somebody that that has done it, uh, you know, built something up and sold it, and and I, I saw that and. I think when you work around people, uh, sometimes people are mystified about all these these people and working closely with people. Like I worked before I worked with uh, HD Moore, I worked with Johnny Long, uh, and I worked with a lot of smart people. Uh, when mm-hmm. I was at NSA, I worked with a lot of smart people. I've, I've been around Marco, people, you know, I've been around you in Thank the you. early days, around my man Ron in the early days. And so people, you know, yeah, I've never been like, so, you know, and, and being around people is like, well, man, you know, I'm I'm dumb enough to believe that, like, man, if HD did, I could do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, absolutely. That's, that's, that's Look, I always like, say the same like, thing. If Mark Zick Zuckerberg did it, why not me? And that's the yeah. thing you should always be saying. Why not me? What's different that's with it. him? He, you know, he anybody, bleeds red. Anybody can, anybody can, anybody can do stuff. And, I agree. You know, I completely agree, and I, I love everything. One of, one of the things that you don't get, I think, enough credit for is how much you help people, man. Like, I love how you sometimes tweet, my DMs are open. If you have a question, just go ahead and ask. And, it's, and, and you know, I love when you get... When you go ahead and, and you take those screenshots and you say, hey, I helped this dude negotiate. I helped this guy with a path in, in their career. What, may, what motivates you to do something like that for other people without any like expectation of a return? I love it. And it's something that I live for, right? I mean, one, a lot of people don't know. I was, I, and I want you to answer this, but let me just put this in there so everyone knows. One thing, I was a huge Gary V fan back when everyone knew him, right? <laughs> and I was shocked when I watched his his thing in Austin, 
and you were on there at the end. I, I mean, I'm a guy that I consume stuff. I consume books. If I see someone that is hitting, I'm going to watch their stuff. And he was hitting at the time and he started to gain really, really big numbers at the time you were on. And my mind was blown. He's still good. That dude's still good. <laughs> that's my that's my guy. So I think that uh man, I just think I got I got will, man. My willpower mm-hmm. is uh I wish I could put it in a bottle and just give it to people. <laughs> Cause I, I just I just will certain things. I I know I was gonna I know I'm gonna meet certain people, I know I'm gonna hang out with certain people. And I just, it just, it just happens. So, yeah. Um, and even like some of the, some of the things that I'm doing right now, some of the things that I'm working on, uh, it's going to surprise people. It's, it's, it's because like, uh, why not? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, why not? You know, God dang, if somebody else can do it, and, you know, why can't, why can't Marcus do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing is with your success, what I love and I, and I kind of said it before is you're willing to share that information, even though people don't want to hear it. For instance, I don't, I don't recall the DEF CON that we were at, but it was like in the beginning of your V threat days, I think, I believe, but we were at DEF CON and I was walking and you call my name and you had an army bucket on. I didn't even know who it was. And I looked <laughs> twice and i was like authentic that's what i said in my head so authentic (laughs) so gully and and for me i just i just felt always a sense of connection even going back to when we first met and we were having conversations in the back of of uh the hacker space right i remember this time that we were having a conversation and, and you like literally drove in the back entrance, right? Usually where nobody goes and we were just having a, a, a conversation about growth. And that is what I remember about Marilyn, you know, linking up with you when you were over there. And I just, there, the growth from when I first met you to now, you know, when they talk about exponential growth, that is you. That is you. And and I believe in giving people flowers, you know, when they when they're here and in front of them and in front of a a audience. And, you know, there's so much you do that people just don't see. And it comes from a good place. There's no pat me on the back, I'm doing this for a reason to elevate myself. It's it comes from pure love. Where does that come from? Well, I, I mean, like, bro, like, um, you know, growing up, you know, in the situation that I, I, I mm-hmm. you know, I wish there was somebody uh, in an organization, you know, I wish there was some something to help me when I was growing up. There, you know, I, I mean, you know, obviously I was a smart kid, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, luckily I went to the military. But I was like, man, there there should have been a better way to identify smart kids or people that have potential. Uh, and, and give them an opportunity. And so, uh, luckily enough, uh, I'm blessed that I can I can give people opportunities, and and some people have trusted me to give other people opportunities. And 
and just by knowing what I know, I can I can teach and and you know that's one of the things that I, I've done recently is I did free training online. I'm probably gonna do some some. I'm probably gonna start doing some coding related stuff. Probably gonna teach people how to code. Uh, I'm thinking about teaching people how to code of Golang or do some React mm-hmm. uh, like hot stuff. Like this is hot and you ain't gonna get it. Where you gonna get it? Well, I'm gonna give it to you. So uh, free ninety nine, baby. Yeah, so so that, that's it. So um, but the reason why I do it is because I'm I really want to encourage other people to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not about really about me because I mean the truth is I could I don't I don't really have to like I'm I'm not impressed by a lot of stuff and all I'm not impressed by a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and I don't expect people to be impressed by me either. Yeah. Uh, so you know I'm not I'm not flexing what the, the deal is. I want to help people out because I didn't have the opportunity. And I know that there's so many more people out there like me, like you. Uh, and like, you know, because, you know, I've seen you come up from the bottom, but you, you know, you weren't shiny like you was now. <laughs> it was both extra hood. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I've your brother. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I, I tell you right now, I think, you know, shout out to Ryan. Um, and Ryan, the guy who makes badges, right? We were working at McAfee. And I think he gave me one of my best lessons ever. And this is for the people that aren't, you know, aren't where they need to be. He, when he was leaving a company I was working with him in, and Ryan Clark, a.k.a. Lost Boy, he was leaving. He was like, Marco, I love you. You're the one who brought me in here, but I got some advice from you. You're like one of the smartest cats I know, but verbally, you still are in the Bronx. You're hood. You need to like upgrade that. And this is coming from a good place. Like, I love you, bro. Like my brother, I literally came out in his wedding. So I know it was coming from a good place. And he told me, it was like, you know, like you need to work on it. Like, you got to interpret, like, think and then talk, because when it goes off the dome, you're back in the Bronx. And it's hard to, like, translate what you're saying. And it was it was such good advice. It allowed me, I wasn't, you know, it was, I knew when I was having this conversation, it was coming from a good place. So it wasn't malicious. He was giving me love. And I was, and I had to think and say, you know what? I need to switch it up. I need to learn, like, think before verbally distributing what's coming out my mouth so people can interpret. And sometimes I still fumble up a little bit, but I get a huh, which means to recalibrate, get my thoughts in order to deliver what I need to say. And it's, it's different, right? I could, I could call up like my friends where I live at and have a conversation and they like, you're not speaking correctly. We need you to translate back to us. Like, so we could understand because you're speaking so different now. You know, I I, kind of compare it to like, a. I think you have to be aware of where you are. It's like situational awareness where you are. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I think that it's like a sync sometimes, like, you know, like, you know, any kind of communication sync, you have what, what kind of protocol are we on? Yeah. Are we on boardroom protocol? Are we on investor protocol? Are we on, 
you know, are we on street protocol? <laughs> I think so you got you got to you know you it's it, it's funny because going back to Gary V, he said specifically I can adapt. I know how to adapt. I'm not being fake. I'm adapting to the current situation. I'm still being me, but I'm adapting to when I go into a studio with rappers from the hood, how to adapt to that situation. And then I go to the uh, corporate, you know, meetings with Pepsi and Budweiser and I know how to adapt there. And that is what kind of I needed. And that was the click that he gave me to be like, you need to learn how to adapt to the situation and really understand and grasp what's going on at that time. And it was, I, you know, I credit him with taking me to another level. How did you, how did you figure out you figure out like that level? Cause I needed someone to coach me. He was my coach. He was leaving. And he was like, I need to sit you down for half an hour and let you know. So what was your <laughs> switch? This is going to trip you up. Because it's kind of like opposite of it's kind of opposite of what you're describing. Mm-hmm. So um, more times than not, um, I would say so, most of the time I'm hood on purpose. I can't lie. And it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird thing. In the military, uh, somebody did tell me when I was young, uh, because I saw super country back then. Uh, and uh, You did have that country twang. Yeah, like fixing to and, mm-hmm. and doing the same stuff like that. You, it, you were the so, first person, by the uh, way, that I heard use thinning. Yeah, thinning, fixing, all that. So basically, I was that, that was that was me. So when I was young, I... I, I was told that oh you gotta you gotta you can't speak like that mm-hmm. in the military like, like my 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 uh, my chef lead was like you gotta quit talking all country like that and I was like all right uh, and then one of my boys I said <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever and um you know hopefully you get a laugh out of it so I keep it a buck fifty all the time no ways I told my boy I said hey, he's man this dude this dude talking about my language. He says, uh, he said, he said, well, tell him that you don't even know your first language <laughs> because it was taken from you. <laughs> so, Wait, I, I, you know, I have a, a, <laughs> when was that? How old were you? I was like 19. <laughs> so when I was in the teens, they had this thing called Lebonics yeah, and Ebonics, yeah. my, you know, you, Hooked on it, hooked on phonics, and then yeah. you were talking ebonics, right? Yeah, that was, and that's kind of like totally, that's totally taboo now. That whole ebonics thing, that's kind of like it was, yeah. it was a trip. But I tell you though, Marco, like right now, like I'm intentionally hood as much as possible, unless I have to recover. Is that strategic? Huh? Is that strategic? Oh, yeah, totally, totally 100%. Because the because I do, I, I see a problem where people are trying to come up, uh, and they're they're intimidated and in, in by a term that they call code switching. A lot mm-hmm. of black kids, a lot of Latino kids that are from the inner city, mm-hmm. they're like, "Wow, well, why do I have to change the way I talk?" And so, part of me is like, "Well, cool, you don't." I'm I'm like fighting that that thing where like I'm gonna keep it real hood all the time. I'm a cool Jay Z, Biggie, Nas. I'm, I'm, 
I'm just going to keep it, I want to keep it at that level because what matters is, is to me, not how I, if I communicate in a different vernacular. So say if I, if I heard a Latino speaking and a Latino has a Spanish accent, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to hate on them. So I'm, and I'm not going to say you need to lose your accent. Mm -hmm. right? You know, if you're Hispanic or if, if I'm working with an Indian colleague and he has a, he has a Hin, Hindi uh, twang, mm -hmm. I'm not going to hate on you. So I'm like, if I'm hood, I'm hood as a mug, and and I, you know, I don't want nobody telling me no different. So I mean, I mean, so so what what I noticed and what yeah. I got off of Ryan Clark, love you. Yeah. It it was like enunciation, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. what I have to work on. That is the positive that I came out of that conversation about. Right. So it was the thing is you're on a conference call and, you know, I was lucky enough to get an opportunity at McAfee, get an opportunity at Intel. And then you're working with these cats that are from your Harvard's, your MIT's and all that. So if you're not enunciating with the, oh, yeah, you, so, and, and that's what I'm saying. You have to know the situation. Like, mm -hmm. Like if I'm talking technical, I'm going to be enunciating the heck out of it. If I'm talking about software, I'm going to be talking like very specific software language, right? I'm not going to be mixing hood up stuff. Like yeah, I yeah. agree. I but agree. If but if I'm talking, talking, I'm I'm going to yeah. be talking. Yeah, it's it's a hood. it's a switch that needs to be turned on, and then you have to learn how to turn it on and off. Right. Yeah. And, and oh, here, I've, here's the deal. And here's the deal. So go for here's, it. Here's the deal. Here's the big deal. And this yeah. is important for hackers and communications and infosec mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Is, um, the, the, this, the point people can recognize if you're real or fake. Mm -hmm. If you're a I CISO agree. and you're talking all this stuff about secure this, secure that, but everybody thinks it's total BS, you're not fooling nobody. It don't mm. matter if you have the best diction on earth, whether you went to Harvard or Yale or Princeton, MBA, whatever, whatever you want to do, Ivory Tower, this and that. If you're fake, people know you fake. Mm -hmm. And so what I find sometimes is, is like some people aren't being themselves. Mm -hmm. I've never had that from you. And funny enough, I always thought you talk very, very to me because I'm from the South, you from New York. I always thought you sounded proper as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Let me ask you a question. You were in Mach 37, which is a startup accelerator. That's right. How was that for you? And especially what we've just talked about, how was that transition into there, right? Where you need to be proper because you're going through this accelerator and you have your day to present your product to investors yeah so um the the big thing about investors and and and, and people in life in general uh mm -hmm. they, they they say some a lot of people emphasize first impressions uh and first impressions are important right but i, think I agree in reality in life you can meet some people and you just don't like them the first time i agree right but then once you see their work ethic and their bulldog mentality, you're like, oh, snap, this dude a real one. Mm -hmm. And so in, in, in my life in general, 
people might think I'm crazy at first, but I'm very persistent. I'm a persistent son of a gun. <laughs> I agree. And so, and then they're like, oh, snap, this dude is, he, he wild, but he, he's persistent and, and he, and he's well-intentioned and all that stuff. And so what's crazy about that, even my 37, there were seven companies that went through the company. Mm -hmm. uh, four of the seven cohort, the other CEOs of the companies invested in my company. Wow. So my, my cohort invested and they're, they're, the CEOs of other companies in my cohort invested in my company. And what, why? Because even in that, that, that situation, I'm being super helpful for them. I helped one of the dudes in the cohort get like two or three patents. Uh, and I'm an advisor to him to this day. And so my mentality is the same mentality all the time, whether it be is I'm being super helpful. If, mm -hmm. it's, if it's an investor, I'm, I'm actually giving my investors introductions to other investors, to other LPs and to other. So basically every relationship that you try to build, you should try to build a symbiotic relationship where it actually helps you as well. If, and, and, Basically, I mean, it, it's going to help you because you're, you're going to get something out of it. But mm -hmm. you're also you're also uh, helping the other person as well. So so symbiotic means that we're both going to benefit from a relationship. And when we talk, we share same books and we do all that stuff. We both benefit from it. It's not a one way situation. You were helping people as well when you were going through Mach 37, the other companies there, you were interacting with everyone. That's and right, technically right. there, they are your competition for investment. But what I found is I visited you two times at their office and you were helping them, you know, with, with value and expecting none. Well, that's the deal though. I think that if we all help each other out and there's plenty to go around and, you know, and that's something that, that uh, you know, year from Gary V as well mm -hmm. as like, you know, give, give all the time. And then when you need something done, there's going to be some, some place to help you. You don't give just to get, but if you're just always on a, doing the right thing all the time, if you need help, people are going to help you out. Yeah. No doubt. And people I mean, want to support whatever you do. And, and for me, what I, I read this book, I was trying to look it up. I can't find it. I will eventually tweet it was it, it's in the gifs of how people judge you within three seconds of meeting you. And it, is it, blank? it it's, 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 uh, no, 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 it's not. It's, blank it's a, content like that though. yeah, but it's a book. I'll tweet it. I, I was trying to look it up. I read it, I believe in 2014, 2015. And what he said was, people would judge you visually when they meet you, they immediately in three seconds have an opinion of you. Now, yeah. when they talk to you, it's up to you to change their opinion. Yeah. And off of this, off of his recommendation, it's like from the waist up, you're so business from the waist down, you're playful in terms of like approachable. And off of his recommendation, I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing that. Right. I think COVID now changed me, but I was like, for, um, when I read the book, I want to say 2014 or 15, 
I used to wear like white collar shirts with a blazer and red like shoes because he he wore like clown shoes and that's how he referenced it. And what I found was the reception was was good. And and going back to what you're saying, it's like people are going to judge you. People are going to analyze you before even having having a conversation before you could change anyone's mind. So what I came up with was, okay, I'm going to take what you said and make it mine, which is like, I am from where I am. I love, you know, in the Bronx, we, we were the inventors of rap. Like (laughs) we, we got swagger for days. They say Harlem got swagger, but it's really the BX invented rap. So I took my swag and, and who I am authentically and made it my own. And for me, I, I've ever since reading that book, it, it allowed me to interpret, okay, who am I? Who do I want to want the world to see without having a conversation? Right? Like I said, that kind of has changed during COVID because all of the Burberry and Gucci don't mean nothing when you're spending all that money and really being authentic to yourself. And what I said was comfort with material. Like for me, I bought 30 like shirts, V-neck shirts. This is like my uniform for the last year, right? Bottoms down is like Lululemon shorts from Nike that are sweat, you know? So, I said, okay, who I am is still who I am, but I'm going to present myself the way I am. And I still feel, even though I live in Silicon Valley and outside, a little outside Silicon Valley, I'm still Marco and I'm still authentic to myself where I don't have to like really change for anyone, you know, but let me let me switch gears real quick because you invited me to pitch night, right? To give me insight on what it's like. At the time, I believe that you were giving me an opportunity to meet the guys at Mach 37 so I can go ahead and, and do my own startup at the time. I believe it was 2015. And how hard was it, you know, after that night to get funding? Well, luckily, man, I have one of the best mentors in the world Mm -hmm. when it comes to that. Um, Shout out to my man, Michael Wellman. My dude, that dude helped me raise money so fast. It was crazy. I raised my whole raise in about three months because of him. Uh, What was that? Can you you even share that? Huh? Can you share that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my dude. Michael Wellman. Wait, can you share your funding? Oh no! So basically, my first my first round I did was an angel round of six hundred k. And uh, you know, so what's crazy about Mach thirty seven is uh like uh I didn't have I didn't have a place to stay when I first went out there, and people might not know this. Shout out to Marco. I slept on Marco's couch. Shout out. It's all love. It's all love. I told him. I told us, yeah, so, so people don't know. I said, look, you live over here. 
Mach 37s in Virginia, I'm in between. You got a couch always, always in my house. And I'm I'm pretty pissed at myself because my mom showed me you give your bed up to a guest. So and you didn't want to do that. So we'll 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 digress. You got me you got me into the cat uh cat coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So we we yo the rivers run deep between us, man. And and that grind, that's for me, that's what has connected us so much. Is it's not about the tech, it's really about the grind and the authenticity of who you are and you know just the authentic love man like i see you i see who you are you know it, the the rivers run deep between us because we we have you know different backgrounds but i feel like you're my brother because just who you are you understand that grind is what connects us I, I, I tell you that my, and I'm stealing the rocks like thing, right? And he always <laughs> says hardest worker in the room. And I always said the opposite. No one will outwork me. Like you might think you could outwork me. My dude, think twice. Like if you think you work in 10, I could pop 14 on you. You will not, you will not outwork me just because on some competition. Hey, bro, like, what's funny, you know, so, so basically, um, mm -hmm. so the CEO of RelyQuest, the company I'm working with right mm -hmm. now, he, he's just like that, man. He, just what you just said, nobody will outwork me. He, he's on that. <laughs> he's, and bro, like, we met because, like I said, real recognize real. And so Hot. when I met when I met Brian, uh, shout out to Brian Murphy. Mm -hmm. But it's like the same thing. It's like, bro, and we're like referencing books and boom, boom, like it's like, what? This is like crazy. And it's the same thing, with me and you. Sometimes we don't talk for a couple of months. Sometimes maybe we haven't talked for a year. We've known each other for over ten years, easy. Mm -hmm. But we're it's funny because we we still be checking out the same books. Nine times out of ten, yes, we, sir. We on the we on the same thing, even though we're not. So when we when we connect again, it's like, oh, you check this out, oh, you check this out, like boom, boom. boom. It's it's oh, yeah, kindred it's, it's spirits. Great. It's, great to have it's kindred spirits, man. I mean, for me, I get motivated a lot with with your tweets and the things that you're doing. You know what I mean? Because I know it comes from. A, a place where I'm trying to help everyone grow, right? I, I, for me, that's the way I feel. I'm like, I'm doing this off of love. Like, there's zero expectation here. I don't want anything from you. It's like I've been in that, in that spot before. And it's always, it's, it's, it's good in your heart. It's one of those, you know, you, you swipe the debit from when you pass to where you're going. Like I've done everything and I've squeezed that towel that I had, you know, to do. I, I did it off of the kindness and with zero expectation. What was, yeah. what yeah. was, let me, let me switch gears before we, we dive deeper into that. What was it like the first year 
of starting your company? What was that grind like? Well, I mean, the, the, the first year definitely was, um, it was a blur for one. Um, and just, just learning, trying to learn what, what, what works and what sticks. Um, uh, man, I tell you, it was just, just learning what, what works, what sticks. And uh, in, in there's a true difference between being a technologist um, and I, I could have probably easily did a services company because people love me and, and they would let me help make their networks secure or pen tested them and all that stuff. But, but trying to create a product and, and sell that product to companies and, and learning all that stuff, all the legal stuff. And like, it's like going to college, bro. <laughs> it's like going, it's like going to get a doctorate. And that's what I always compare the whole startup thing to. And so basically you have to learn how to sell. You got to learn marketing. You have to learn all this stuff. You have to is learn, it, is you it know. all at once or is it like paced out? For instance. It's all, no, it's all at once. <laughs> So one of, one of the things that, you know, I feel is when you went into Mach 37, did you go in with a co-founder or was it by yourself or how I was, was, I was rare? Um, I was rare. I was, I was solo. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, one of the things that was interesting about that whole situation is as I went into rep, I went into that, that environment and I built out my product. I, I had a product that worked. Yeah, I could demo it. When other people was talking about their ideas, I was like showing mine. Here, here it is right here. And it was mm. snap. This dude already had a belt, you know. And and so, um, and that's why how I, I got in as a as a solo founder, um, because I that that me being able to code and build that full stack web application and, and all that stuff. And and <clears throat> that's the same thing. I, and since I since I sold the company, I've been on the absolute grind coding. And, and leveling up my skills. Because when I started the company back in 2014, the fall of 2014, uh, everything was different. Heroku yeah. was really hot uh, for, for doing Ruby on Rails apps. And since then, everything, you know, EC2 and Zur, it's a whole different vibe. Yeah, everything has completely changed. So yeah. let me let me ask you, when you were doing it by yourself and coding it up, you know, there's so much to, there's layers to this. It's like an onion peeling back, right? What made you decide to, to go to an accelerator and what made you stay there? Well, I know I didn't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I didn't know anything about any of the business, business stuff. And so uh, an accelerator uh, is equivalent to kind of like having a co-founder. And you, you plug into this network of mentors that automatically, I mean, they upgrade your game. Like, I didn't know no investors, really. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know a lot of business concepts. I mean, I was good at it, naturally. I'm, 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 I mean, my, even I have a mentor still. That I, some of these people are still in my life, of course. Some of my investors, some of, my, some of them are still in my life. I still talk to them. But uh, I'm, I'm a natural marketer. I'm good at that. Uh, you know, and funny enough, I, I didn't know that, but, you know, some people are pointing out, you're good at marketing. When I was in Maryland, I was doing dojo set, you know, good brand, good, you know, everything. It, it was yeah. popping, you remember that? Uh, and so that's some, sometimes you're, you're naturally good at stuff. And so what business is all about, 
finding out what you're good at, knowing, realizing what you're good at, and then filling in the gaps where you have no clue. Mm -hmm. So an accelerator for me was filling in the gaps. I know about mm. sales. I didn't know the legal stuff. I didn't know lawyers and all that. I know lawyers will work for you for free, pretty much. You know, and like it's just all this stuff about business that I did not know. And and now, uh, now that I know it, and now that I, I was able to sell a company, uh, it's a whole different situation. I'm like, it's like getting a pe It's like getting a doctor. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like it's like learning, studying, and then you know, uh, the selling the company was the capstone project. Yeah, it was what, tough. It was tough. <laughs> what did it take for you to get the first big client, and how much effort did that really take? Uh, the first big client uh, was it was it was was that we got was a uh, government uh, customer, uh, and that government customer, funny enough, I had a relationship with. Uh, sales is all about relationships, and any good salesperson uh, knows that. Um, and so that's why salespeople wine and dine and take people out to eat. And they're, you're trying to build rapport and you do business with people that you have rapport with. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what it is. It's all, I mean, business is, is relationships. And, uh, you know, Absolutely. I'll take care of you. Uh, yep. You know, we have to keep the lights on, so we need a payment. So <laughs> but we're going to keep you secure, right? Yes, sir. And so, uh, and it's about relationships. And that's why I'm saying like people that, some people manage to be jerks and somehow still win or appear to be winning. And I'm like, how do they, how do they do that? <laughs> it's like, it's amazing to me. <laughs> like, but eventually everything comes, everything catches up with you. So I'm like, you know, relationships is what, what a business is about. And like I said, I had relationships and you continuously build relationships with yeah. people and, and the people that you can, you know, you build relationships with, they trust you. Uh, it's just like marriage and getting married or, you know, or whatnot. It's mm -hmm. like, you gotta have, you gotta have that trust. Uh, and, and, uh, you want to provide what, what your partner needs and that's it, what business is. Yeah. It's funny. I, I think one of the things that building a business, obviously we're, we're right now doing COVID. So I doubt black hat is going to have their event, but one of my proudest moments is seeing one of my friends on the floor of Black Hat, or was it RSA? I'm not. It was both. It was both. But I think the first time I think I seen you was at Black Hat, and you were yep. in in the black the the back of Black Hat, and I seen you, and you were talking to a customer, and I was going to go up and say hi, and I was like, he's in the middle of selling his product. I can't, I can't just interrupt to say what's up. And it was like a proud moment f as a friend to see my friend winning. How was, how was that experience for not only those days that you were on the floor, but how hard was it? Cause people think it's super easy, but do not see the, the, the hard work that goes behind a, a ship like yours that is very small. I mean, it's not like you have a hundred million dollar investment, B, C, D, and yeah. all that. And you're buying and, and they stick you in the back. I believe if I could remember, it was the, the beginning. So it had to be the B or C line last <laughs> one, last line in the back. But I seen a customer there and I was 
so happy and, and yeah, so proud of you, man. Seats. Yeah, so so I mean, it is one hundred percent a a grind. I mean, it depends on depends on how how you do it, but definitely, uh, I was in it to win it. I was trying to build the biggest company I could, um, and uh, yeah, so I was definitely in it to win it. It was it was it was it was challenging, um, and and all the different adjectives that you could say about about doing a business, um, and, and one of the reasons I mean. And at the end of the day, uh, I'm kind of back in that grind too. I mean, you know, I'm at a startup now. Uh, yeah. That uh, we're we're on the grind, just like you know, some of the ones on the grind. <laughs> yeah. What made you? Grind. What made you sell the company? Well, basically, I mean, it was uh, just like anything. You know, when you when you uh, have a business, you have a board, and and of course, I'm a member of that board. But but basically, we thought it was advantageous. And to, to be honest with you, with COVID and stuff for a small company mm-hmm. and all that stuff that came up, uh, it was perfect timing yeah. uh, to get to get that done. Uh, we we uh, we sold the company in October, uh, and uh, the COVID situation happened about five six months later. So, um, congrats! It was, it was somewhat of a, a blessing. That's that is uh, a blessing to 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 be able to pull off that transaction before you know stuff well, happened like that. What was the hardest you had to deal with those first few years starting up? And what was like your first big deal? Well, I would say the hardest thing that I have, because I'm kind of a people's person and I want to mentor people and help people mm-hmm. out and stuff. And so uh, having to, you know, fire people was, was, was challenging for me. And that was a, that always was a big deal uh, when when that happened. Uh, so, uh, because uh, but I mean the promise I always made with people like I made a promise that anybody that I deal with or anybody I interact with, uh, I'm gonna make them a better person. I'm mm. a good like coach. It doesn't matter what the freak it is. I'm actually good at coaching people. That is a fact. Uh, yeah, that is a fact. One thing I will add on to that, like I said earlier, like. Maybe you don't want to hear the advice he has to give, but the advice he has to give is the truth that hurts that you need to interpret and understand it's coming from a good place. I think a lot of people take constructive criticism and slide it off because they don't want to hear it. And every time we've had a conversation, you've given a recommendation to me. Hey, what you should be doing or you should be thinking of is X, Y, and Z. You know, it's like take that ego and put it aside for right now and understand this is coming from a place of love. And it's (laughs) hard to distinguish that when you have an ego, but when you put that aside and you say, you know what, did did I incorporate that into the things that I'm doing? And it's and it's coming from love, you know, and 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 that's what I appreciate. And and your tweets really also like say that about you. I've already knew that about you, right? There's there's things you say that I'm like, mm, I don't know if I would have said that, but it's so authentic that it's so real that you have to like <laughs> really think about like that is. That is the reality. That is other people's opinions that you didn't incorporate and that you should. And I, one of the things that I appreciate 
appreciate about you is that like there's no one in the game that comes close with authentic love. Not that. <laughs> hey, appreciate it, bro. <laughs> that is that is the truth. That is my truth. Like people yeah, might disagree it, with it. That's awesome. But but when it comes down to it and you understand where it comes from, where it comes from that hey, I got love for you even though I don't know you. But I've been there. I've I've been in those trenches. You need to understand. This is coming from a place that I know. I'm very familiar with. So switching lanes. You started the Tribe of Hacker series yeah, of, yeah. of of books. You know, yeah. which which is basically kind of what we've been talking about is giving advice from other hackers. You know, and what yeah. was the motivation for that? Well, I mean, so you actually um, probably way, way, way before I did, um, you know, we have a lot of friends that, like I said, mm-hmm. even though we knew each other way back then and we were coming up, I mean, many of our friends have elevated to, you know, prominent positions in, in the industry and and our household names and, and, and at least in the security community goes, right? So I can go to a conference and I can have a conversation with those people and I can talk to them and no problem. Where some people will be intimidated to approach those people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I can just have a conversation with any of any of those people, right? So one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to give an opportunity to kind of ex- expand on the conversations because if yeah. you look at the questions, those are the conversations we have. And that's the conversation we talk about that we've about. I agree. So how do you allow anybody to be in a conversation with somebody that's a Ron Gula or Doug Song or or you know, those people and people, some people are new to the industry and you know, smart people that that you never heard of before. Um and and like uh, I know people like, you know, shout out to my man Ron. Um, Eddings, Ronald Eddings. Ronald Eddings. He he was on he was on a previous guest on this podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, I met Ron when he was seventeen years old, and and uh, he, I've seen his growth over time. And people a couple years ago, before he had his podcast, not nobody knew who Ron Ronald yeah. Eddings was. That's that's by the way, Ronald Eddings was the last episode of season one, and Ronald is my brother, like. When I tell you he was my brother and and you met him before I did, right? Like I lived with Ronald for two years at Ronald Eddings. That is, I speak to him at least three times a week. Um, there's not a lot of like, there's no words that could describe what Ronald is to me. He is like a little brother that I love that I want to see win so much. Yeah. And he's winning. He's winning. <laughs> he is. He's he's winning, and I'm his biggest cheerleader. Right? That's that's the thing. Well, I compete. Let's we'll compete for the biggest cheerleader. But. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Like I, I mean, for me, you know, it is. I I can't say verbally in words what I what I feel for Ron, except he's not blood, but he is my family. 
he is uh, he uh, is uh, like yeah, yeah. I I've yeah. known him since I was at Booz Allen t- Booz Allen Hamilton and we both worked there. You know, and and by the way, I, I, I introduced you to Ron. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> by by the way, thank you for that, and <laughs> thank you also for letting me be a part of your book series. I appreciate hey, that. It's, it's, not, it's nothing but love, bro. Yeah, I know, I know. One thing. Yeah, go for it. It's still it's funny because like I mean, people, if you're listening and you're new to the industry, mm-hmm. um, like you know. Like I said, Ron was 17 looking at the CCNA book. Let him bark. Let him oh let him do his thing. Let that king do what he does. Yeah, yeah. Hey, be quiet. Shh. Be quiet. All right. So so people that are out there listening, and I'm telling you, like, I knew Ron and watch his episode. Because that dude's a beast in the game and the cybersecurity game. Knew when he was 17 before any certification. When I met him, he had a CCNA book in his hands. Mm-hmm. I met Marco, his brother Kevin, but when they were both young bucks too, just trying to find a way in the cybersecurity community. Me, myself, I was I was begging to be a part of projects with them and they denied me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I told this on, on season one. <laughs> there was one thing that stuck out with Ron. I gave him a recommendation on a book to buy. On 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 a week's like the first time the first time I met him, I was like, Yeah, we, we kicked it. And then I was like, Hey, you know, when you have a chance buy this book because my mentor just literally told me to buy this book. And I'm like you where I'm like, Hey, I distribute information to help people without any, you know, anything in return. The next week he bought the book before I did. And he came back with the book. And you know what I did? I went to the ATM, took out money. I was like, I'm buying that book off of you. You bought it for 40. I'm giving you 60. I need that book. And that kicked off. Like you are real in this industry. I will, me and you will, will go ahead and, and form a relationship. Three years later, I called him and I said, Hey, a week from now, I will call you. Have your resume ready. You're going to be hired at McAfee. When I call you, make sure you're five minutes and like five minutes after you are sending me your resume. That's how it happened. Five minutes after he sent me his resume, I shipped it up the the command line and he was hired. And it, it I mean, ever since then, we, we were best friends. Like that is, that is the guy that, you know, when I'm 99, I expect him to carry my casket. (laughs) That's how much I love Ron. And he was on the first season, you know, by the way, you know, just want to give you a shout out and, and thank you for allowing me to be part of your book series, tribe of hackers. You know, one thing that sticks out is how you told your son 
to start coding and get into the game and and can you please explain what that conversation was like and how did you get him to fall in love with the game because you know people are 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 really struggling during covid and what i'm saying is like you know this cyber game we're so understaffed and you by the snap of your finger you told them hey what did you what did you what was that conversation like well man you know somebody told me when i was like 19 mm-hmm. years old um the the key to learning how to program or anything else is is finding some finding some some angle uh where you're going to be comfortable with and the angle that i found with, with coding my buddy, shout out to my man, Zanny McCray. Zanny, if you see this, holler at me. Because uh, I've seen this dude in like almost 30 years now. I've seen like probably close to getting, pushing 30. Wow. Probably about 26 years I've seen this guy. In, in the Navy, he's like, hey, man, it was uh, it was this, this uh, database called DBase. And I'm dating myself big time here. So it was a database that you could actually write some code with. And, and he's like, okay, cool. Uh, so I was in charge of this D-base uh, database that that <clears throat> they had an inventory of all the classified data that we had on this base. It was an NSA field site, and I was in charge of the database that tracked all software, like you know, classified, like top secret, confidential, secret, all the different levels. I had to track all the disks. What was the location? It was it was in Scotland. Mm-hmm. That's why I met my wife too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so basically, Zanny, like, how do I, you know, basically, I, I used to have to add, to add stuff to it. It's like, I don't know really how to, how to program in D-Base or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Zanny's like, hey, man, uh, you know how you got all my CDs? Why don't you program something to keep inventory of your, your CDs? Mm. You know, your, your Wu-Tang Clan, your Snoop Doggy Dog, your all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> your Red Man and all that. So, so I was like, okay, cool. So I... I coded because I was interested in music. I cataloged my in this in the same database because they had like a computer room. So mm-hmm. I had access. I had a computer. I had the same software that I had at work in this little uh, barracks. And so I just started learning how to how to logically do stuff. And so that was the introduction to to the databases. And and hey, it still rolls in columns to this day. Yeah, I was doing a pro, I did. I was doing Postgres uh, Amazon RDS yesterday. It still rolls in columns. <laughs> so that's 20, 25 years later. It's the same old thing, right? Yes, sir. Um, and so that that's so so with my son, uh, I, I you know you when I talk it's like that's V V V verbosity verbosity. So, <laughs> so uh, with my son, my son hated he hated math homework. So uh, back in the day, I, I was like, all right, cool. You can actually take your homework and you can put it in code. And so we started doing math. We started doing math formulas in Perl back in the day. Mm. So like, okay, X equals this, Y equals that. Like do that formula, but put it in code. And it showed him that you can solve problems with code. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he wanted to be a, he wanted, he said, oh, I want to be a video game programmer. It seemed like most kids play video games want to create games. Yeah. I said, all right, cool. So uh, me and him, when he was 15, I sat down with him and I did all the front end stuff because I'm kind of artistic too. And uh, and he he built he built five five or six iPhone apps and had them in the store. He built the first 
He built the first official Shodan app. My son built the first Shodan app for, for iOS. Uh, and he was wow. 16. He also built the front end for uh, Metasploit so you could actually uh, connect to the Metasploit uh, API from your iPhone. Legit. Mm. Like a legit uh, Metasploit front end. He built that himself um, when he was 15. Right? Fire. So, so uh, yeah, so. How did you give him the motivation to like, did he have his own motivation or was it like? Uh, no, so man, like with kids, man, like uh, kids want to emulate their father and stuff. And, you know, they they want to be in, he, I was in the Cisco, so my son wanted to be in Cisco and I was in programming and hacking, so he wanted to be in the programming and hacking. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, like, so it's, I mean, somebody's always looking. And so this is another thing, how I try to, I try to live my life um, is because my kids are looking at me. And like, if I'm in public, people are looking at me too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and I, I think that I, I have a saying, man, like, I want to be a blessing to more people on accident than on purpose. Mm. So, you know, if people can see me and see interact with me or, or not even interact with me and, and, and I can be a blessing to them, that's the spot I want to be. And now my son, my son is 25 now. He's 25. And crushing the game. Yeah, he, my son is the best developer I know and alive. I mean, I, you can bring people talking about Google, Facebook programmers, anybody in Silicon Valley, my, my son was slaughtered, like straight up. Facts. Any he language. won. What any, was the award language? he won? I want you to huh? brag. What was the Damn. award he won? What's that? What was the award that he just got? Yeah, he won some kind of award. My son is in Ireland. He works for Rapid Seven. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he he was like young, under young like in Ireland. Or yeah, like he he's crushing it. And again, I I, I mean that's kudos to you, right? What, yes. at I the know, end of the day like, is like, her, like so here's the deal man like i'm just throwing the alleys i'm just throwing the alley-oops man right. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm just an assist man i just throw it up and i let You're the point guard what you advice what advice do you have for new people coming into the industry nothing's magic mm. you know nobody knows everything um, some people, just because you know one subject area, because you're gonna you're gonna meet people that are really good at one subject area, mm-hmm. that don't mean that their, their knowledge is transform. It doesn't translate uh, to everything. So if you know incident response, don't mean you know, you know, you don't necessarily know ICS. You know, yes. you don't know reversing. Just because you know reversing, don't mean you know how to set up a firewall. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you know cloud, don't mean you know how to self- be a software engineer and full stack developer. So everything is so micro, but what's cool though is you can make a lot of money in the in the, in the micro. You can be an expert in one thing and make a boatload of money in this game. I concur. Yeah. So I that's, agree. And just just peel back the. How uh, how can you well, give the citizens out there from Hackchat, you know, a shortcut on getting better? Shortcut on getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like 
shortcut on getting better is believing yourself probably. Mm-hmm. Believing yourself and 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 actually when I say believe in yourself, sometimes you'll learn something mm. and you don't think you really know it. It could be like, man, is this is it that easy? Like you you be like, oh man, all this stuff is magical. And then you're gonna get a chance to do it. And then you're like, man, I don't know if I really know it. Or, you know, there might be something that's like, oh, this this job that opens up. And it says that you you need to know this, that, and the third, but I don't really know that. Well, like you probably know way more than you think you know. Mm-hmm. So just believe in yourself, and that's gonna once you start believing in yourself and building momentum, uh, you it, it's important to have good a good network. So start building the network. Mm. Start having good feedback mechanisms, because like sometimes you don't even know your superpower. You have superpowers. That you don't even know, like I Superman. Agree. Superman walked around every day lifting up cars and all this other stuff. He it was totally normal to him. Superman needs somebody from the outside to say, "Man, not everybody can do that." You know. That is true. That is true. So can, have a good network that can give you that kind of feedback. No and man, it, everybody can lift a car, man. You know, <laughs> I I agree. One of one of the things that I pride myself. When I go to a conference and, you know, I'm not those people that say, oh, I'm not going to watch this talk. I look at the schedule. I basically, you know, circle the person's name and what they're talking about and research it and then create questions for that person. You know, for me, it's important if I'm going to interrupt someone and ask them questions, it's going to be like really thoughtful questions that allow them to think of the answers and say, Hey, I did my research. I'm not coming here with, you know, the bull jive and, and just wanted to be friends. It's like, I want to take away knowledge. So I'm going to give you some, you know, a question that is authentic. That's going to make you think because it's going to make me better. And on the research that I'm doing. So, I want you to be the Picasso and paint a picture of what the next five years has in store for Marcus Carey. Well, so, I mean, the next five years, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm 46. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully in, uh, in five years, I'll be healthy. Uh, and sure. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to take care of my health mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm, I get an 11 five. <laughs> And uh, just continue to be a blessing to people and, and uh, help more people uh, achieve their goals. And uh, yeah, that's it. Like, it's, it's not easy. Like, what's crazy though, man? I'm gonna say something, and it's gonna sound crazy to people, man. Like, I'm really, I'm having to like write new goals. Because mm. when I was young, because you're, are you I, crushing I them at a at a pace that can't well, keep just, up? I just never thought I would be where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I never thought I never thought I would you know be able to do what I've done you know and and it's it's kind of humbling like man what do I do now <laughs> it's like, you know I, it's it's very it's very funny because I had this conversation with a bunch of childhood friends this week you know I'm happy you brought that up because where I grew up at 
you know, the expectation level in the Bronx wasn't that high. And to look at, to, to really understand like two blocks from where I grew up at is like the worst projects in the Bronx. So, you know, just to give you context, I went to a elementary school as well as a, uh, a junior high school and high school where at high school I went in with a thousand people that were freshmen and graduated with like a hundred and five people. Right. So it gives you a little context of the graduation rates, the dropout rates and all that. But when I went to college, I, I, I really understood how far behind I was where I was like at a fifth or sixth grade reading level at, the junior college where they gave me a scholarship at. And, you know, I'm proud of where I'm at today because what I understand now is the hard work that I put in, I feel, for the last 15, 20 years has paid off, which is reading books every day, understanding, elevating myself. And what I'm trying to explain to everyone is that hard work pays off. Be the hardest worker in the room and it will pay off. Trust the process, you know, and when I left college, you know, I started working at Home Depot on the right of me. I said this before, I have a my first check from Home Depot framed to remind myself where I came from getting ten dollars and fifty cents. Not a lot of skills, but understanding where I'm trusting the process, where I have one friend that that knew me while we were working then and, and see me working. And what I said was the same me. I'm not going to I'm not going to be in the hood because I'm trusting the process. This hard work has to pay off the the hours and hours and hours and sand certifications that you guys could look up. And when I took them, that I believe uh, incident handling certification and the reverse engineering and education back in 2005 and six or six and seven, it's going to pay off. I know it is. I know it is. I'm just trusting the process. I can't see my future, but I know if I put in the work. And I and I am where I am, which I spent, I believe, uh, two years at Home Depot. I believe this will will pay off. So I had my A plus network plus security plus like it kept on going because I wanted to prove to these IT departments because there weren't any security departments at the time and just said, man, I'm just going to work until they can't deny me no more. You have to hire me because I put in the work. This is like my man, uh, Steve Martin. Yeah, uh, be so good they can't ignore you. Yeah, I, I, I concur yeah. with that. Like, I put in the work. I, I was like, I don't want to be in the hood. I don't want to live in the hood anymore. I see a future in this industry that goes back to my childhood when we're doing, you know, the, the 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 fielding of ground balls, the shooting of of basketball, that same work transfers. And one hundred percent, bro. Yeah, 100%. and I said, and I said to myself, I'm gonna 
keep on going on. I don't want to be here. I don't want to live in a hood. You know, just to take a, a, a step back to to get the listeners to understand where I come from. You know, in 2019, my mom had early 2019, she had a horrific accident, which I had to move back to the Bronx to where I, I was born and raised to take care of her. Now, this is a story about hood because I had to go to the store and I had to get like the usual groceries of milk and bread and all that. And when I was walking there, see what people don't understand is when you're walking to the grocery store in that location, if someone's looking at you and you look down your prey. So I had to look at him, walk to the store, give him a dap. Like I see you, we could, we could tussle or we cannot. <laughs> But I'm walking to get my bread and milk and all that. And I'm going to do that. Like, let, let's good. If, if I look down when he looked at me, I'm pray. So this is, this is the language. This is the body language. You must understand when you live in these neighborhoods. So I understood what I needed to do. I was like, yo, I, I got you. I'm ready. Right. He looked at me, gave me, gave me the nod to go ahead and I got my bread and milk. But you must understand you look down when you're looking. That is a situation. Basically, you're going to get got. So this is a, a, a language that you speak on. It's no words. It's just verbal communication. Are you prey or are you a shark? <laughs> And, and this is what it is. Yeah. And I got my milk and everything. And when I got out the store, I gave him my little nod. Like, I got you. I see what she's doing. So, you know, it is, it is, um, something that I live with and understand. I don't, you know, I respect people that live there that have to live there, but there is a way out. And I am grateful to this game and understand that. This game has given me an outlet to to get out of that environment to establish my mother that now lives with me. I'm a caregiver and I'm proud of it. You know, she's given me so much and and it's my turn to to go ahead and give her what she needs. And, you know, it's it anyone that is down and out, you're really not down and out if you bet on yourself. Bet on yourself 99% of the time. When your mind goes left, go right. And if you, your mind goes right, you're going to get to your destination, you know. And, and for me, I appreciate, you know, Marcus, you are an inspiration to this community. And, and you laugh, but your tweets for not only minorities, not only people across the globe. I had someone reach out for me from Ivory Coast and I was like, whoa, impact. And I said, you have all my dedication, whatever you need, because if I'm reaching out that far and, and I'm making an impact over there, 
You know what I mean? It's it's it doesn't matter if you're in Ivory Coast, London, Australia, the Bronx, Texas. It's about taking yourself to a new level. There's no limits to what I feel that you put on yourself. And and going back to what I said, if Mark Zuckerberg did it, why not you? Why not me? And I told you before we started recording, this was going to be the realist. No, bro. This one's going to be one of the best (laughs) that will impact people in the future. And I will always come back to it and say, watch the entirety. Yeah, so, man, I I think you're right, man. Like, um, definitely, um, you know, I, I think that people... You know what's funny is like you, you said like uh, by 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 default I want to help everybody out, mm-hmm. uh, and I know because I'm I'm black that there's going to be definitely black people and minority people that gravitate towards me because mm-hmm. because they relate to me, right? Yeah. Just like Gary V is a Russian immigrant, there's mm-hmm. going to be Russian immigrants that Gary they like him. There's going to be Puerto Rican people from the Bronx that love you, Marco. So basically, I but but that's what I mean from a human perspective. I want to help anybody. You know, I I say the same thing. A lot of Latinos come up to me, a lot, and I said it's not it's who you can, it's a human thing. Yeah, it's not yep. a Latino, it's not a black, it's not a white, it's people that don't have the opportunity to help them get the opportunity in, and say I believe in you. Go do it. Go uh-huh. do it. You don't you don't need permission. That's for, that's There's for no sure. need. <laughs> I be- mean, like, bro, if I if I waited for permission, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do anything. I mean, many of the things that, that I do, um, you know, it's a lot of those. <laughs> it's, like, it's a lot of those. So, so here's the thing. I'm. This is a key takeaway. You're. Are you used to nose? Because I am. And how I've, how I've gotten over, and I recommend people to get over nose, is go to your Starbucks when you order your latte or your nitro, ask for a discount. Go ask for a <laughs> discount every single time. Can I get a ten percent discount? The lady's gonna say why. It's up to you to find the excuse. It's my birthday. I'm feeling lucky. It's Monday. I'm just looking jiggy. It's up to you. And what happens is you will get your no's and you will get your yeses. And what happens is it allows you to accept no. People don't like to feel that rejection. I'm I'm okay with rejection. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm on my I'm next I'm on my next one. What I like about what you said, Marco, is this, this is the important of experiments and, and things of that nature. I, I wrote, I read a, I read a negotiation book a long time ago. I think it might, the name of the book might have been Negotiation Boot Camp mm-hmm. or something of that nature. So basically, the book had me uh, feeling like I can, I can negotiate anything. Funny enough, the guy was from the Bronx that wrote the book. And he told the story. He said, crazy enough. He said, I have to negotiate my way home every day because the Bronx was that tough. Listen, so he said the Bronx 
made him an expert negotiator. <laughs> I'm going to explain to you right now. I was having this conversation yesterday. <laughs> we were talking about the Bronx. Yesterday, I was talking about the Bronx. And one of my friends lived in Webster. And I told him, dude, I, and Webster was a no-fly zone. I I love to travel on the train Monday through Friday because I could take the express that flew through Webster. When you move through Webster, it was a look left and right for danger. Hunts Point was a place that I, I mean, I got, listen, when I tell you for the people out there, I got held up at Webster. I got held up where I lived. On the corner of my block at gunpoint. Now, luckily, I ran away and he his gun jammed. And that's a that's a conversation for another one, another another day. His gun jammed and I and I booked it. Many people don't know this, but this is this is the life you live when you live in a area that isn't the best. I feel like I had the greatest parents. And I am blessed. I am who I am because of their work ethic and what they gave me. But when you are outside of your environment and understand what what you deal with, it is what it is. You you must yeah. be you must be attuned with that environment. And I I have a friend. I have a friend. Um, and this is a shout out to where I live. That I have a friend that works at Google, and I told him. Bro, when he was when, right before COVID, he would get out of work and walk because the bus would be too slow. And I would say, bro, you wear good sneakers. You're going to get jacked at Chatterton. This is right on the Bruckner. Leandro, he still lives there. Once COVID is lifted and you got to go back to work, those same dangers will be there. And I told him, I said, you know, you. I understand his commitment to his family, but I said you wear sneakers that will put you in danger. Sneakers that will get yeah. you shot for them to take sneakers. And and, and this is the quick, danger that people don't understand. Yeah, totally. And and this the, like I'm gonna finish that point I was making about experimentation. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you don't get because you, you're not asking for it. And like even like when it comes to People not sending their resumes into companies and things of that nature, or not mm-hmm. asking for discounts and training and all that. There's always uh, there's always discounts and things of that nature. You don't you got to ask. And also, oh my resume is not good. I'm not gonna send it. Send it in anyway. You'll get rejected. You know so what? And exactly. you know you might get a call back. You never know. And so my buddy, uh, shout out to my man CJ uh, in Maryland. He used to say he was a negotiator and he made me after I read that book. He says, he says, there's two prices in the world. There's what everybody else pay, and there's what CJ pays. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's yes. like, I'm not paying full price for nothing. Mm-hmm. And so for, for about a couple of months, I negotiated everything everywhere I went, bro. I agree. I was in I was in Arundel Mills Mall. I would go everywhere. Hey, can I get can I get twenty percent off? Can I get a discount? Why? And it was always an angle. Yeah. Oh, you you can get it. Oh, can I can I speak to your manager? Absolutely. Sometimes I'll get people people be pissed. I got into arguments and stuff. 
I'm like, bro, why are you arguing? I'm just asking for a discharge. <laughs> Look, like, I, I completely agree with your boy because at the end of the day, I'm buying a product. I want a discount. Why? Because the the upsell, if I'm if I'm spending my money here, I want a discount. I'm I'm spending money and why not ask and why not haggle? Right? And it's the same thing with negotiating salary. It's it's one of those things where man, it is it is a point that needs to be had. Yeah, 100%. And it can be done. Um Yeah. Yeah, man. All of it. Y'all can do it. Y'all can negotiate. Y'all can get what y'all want. What does the game mean to you? And how has it changed your life? Like I said, man, all the, all the pretty much all the goals that I had in life on education, uh, what, what I mean, most people consider probably look at me and say, oh, this is successful. So I, I've, I've done everything I kind of wanted to do. and But... Here's the deal. So now, how can I do it on a bigger level? I'm 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 at a different, you know, I'm at a different point in my life. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just learning what what I can do. <laughs> like, mm. okay, now what can you do? I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of like at a different, you know, sp- you know, space in life, where, um, you know, it's it's just a weird, it's just weird, man. Because like, um, you know, so much, you know, you know. So much you, you hear about, like, you know, the life expectancy of people like me or where I'm from, or I'm from a small town, super poor. My mom used to get 300 bucks a month in food stamps when I was growing up. Only when we looked in the fridge, there wasn't no food in there. It was just dumb. It was, it was just baking soda and water. You're playing with houses money now. Look at you with pictures of Biggie and all those Nice replicas of, of things. And that's Thanos that's Thanos. Well, I'm I'm looking at Biggie. The light is not there. I'm calling him Biggie. Don't ever wear a crown like that. That's my man Thanos. Hey, oh Biggie Biggie was the rap Thanos though. He was the best rapper ever. I agree. I mean for me, like we could go into rap, but but Going back, and I digress to what you were saying. It is about that grind, man. And and for me, I like especially with Hack Chat. I love doing this because I get to peek into the background, the insight, the the passion someone has. It doesn't matter if where you're from. You know, this game is the same. It's like you got to understand the yeah. skill sets. You will you will pierce the 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 shield to get into the game and and I felt like I had the opportunity and once I tasted it I said I'm in. <laughs> you ain't denying me. I'm in. That's it because I knew that I was the hardest worker in the room and and you know it's even where I'm at now I feel like, okay, there's another level to this game because at a startup, you know, even if we hit unicorn, it's a different speed than what I'm used to. So now I need to adjust and you're constantly adjusting, whether it's a day, a month, a year, you're building yourself to play on that next level 
And what I find, at least for myself, is I want to play on that next level. I want to do those other things, and I want to understand different mindsets. And when I talk to you, it's always the same thing. It's elevation. It's love. It's being authentic, helping people. And I just feel, man, you're you're like a really good dude. Like, forget <laughs> your next career. I'm, I'm going to tell you your next career. It is motivational speaking. <laughs> yep. It is after cyber, it's motivational speaking, you know, and, and <laughs> I feel that because what you've accomplished and done will inspire millions in the future. And as long as you have that voice and you could continue to be authentic, it will always be there, man. And, you know, I always have my notification on. When when you tweet, because I always expect jewels that will be dropped. Appreciate it, and and I, <laughs> I, I love everything you've done over the last, man, I want to say six to eight years has been not only influential to the community, but to the people that don't think they can do it. You know, and that's important. So, Marcus Carey, thank you. This actually has been the longest hack chat that I've done because <laughs> hey, it's man, been hey, so I interactive. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for all the love. And and definitely when I, when I think of you uh, and I think of Ron, like I said, because, I mean, heck, I, I know you from day one, mm-hmm. essentially, right? So, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, I, I do... I, you, you know, I think you guys, and, and I'm like, man, you know, we, you kind of like, we, we, we've done, we put in a lot of work, we've we done a lot of hours, we read a lot, we do all these different things, and I think that it's a repeatable process, uh, and that's why I've helped a lot of people uh, get into the game and, and, mm-hmm. and start having careers and all that stuff, because it is a repeatable process. It's not, it's not no secret sauce, and, and, you know, I hate to, you know, some people say, well, I, you know, I over-exaggerate, but I think anybody can get in this game. Yes, anybody sir. can be in this game. I agree. And I I think what dif- differentiates everyone is, are you willing to work hard or are you not? And when it gets difficult, are you willing to push, push through and build that ca- callus of saying, okay, I'm willing. When it gets hard, F off. I'm going hard body. And that's <laughs> and that's how you and that's how you win. That's how you win. Building that callus of saying, I don't understand this, but I'm gonna go so deep and I'm gonna Google fool my way to understanding whatever topic it is. So as I said Marcus Carey, here are your flowers. I haven't said that on any oh of the hack chat. This is my dude. Thanks. But but it's so authentic, and, and there's so much love going your way, man. I know it's not only me. You know, so many people, when they see this, they will, they will understand. And this, when it's released, will impact people. And that's what I was hoping. That's what I thought about this. <laughs> this conversation that we were going to have is the people that don't think they can 
and that don't think they have the resources will take this episode and run with it. Because if you did it and I did it, we're a testament that it could be done. It's love. Absolutely. It's love. (laughs) Thanks for having me, bro. Thanks. Marcus, thank you. Everyone out there, citizens of Hack Chat, we'll see you next time.